recorded live at 4ZZZ Studios Brisbane on 102.1 FM and broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. You're listening to Zed Games. With 10 years experience and over 500 episodes, Zed Games brings you the best in gaming news, reviews, community and culture. Want to reach out? Message us on Facebook at ZEDGamesAU. This is Zed Games. I'm your host, Paul. And joining me tonight is a Peter. Yo. And a Zara. Oh, hello. You, you, you thought the, the, the age hierarchy of, of experience would, uh, would put you at the top there, did you? I did, I yeah. did. I knew the expectation was there, so I flipped it. I flipped uh, that's, fair, that's fair, that's um, fair. I need to be humbled instead. like that. I did. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Right. Peg. <laughs> Welcome to this uh, radio show about video games, uh, which we will be discussing at some kind of length tonight. Are we? Yeah. Yes, yes. But uh, I'd like to kick straight into the news so we've got something to chat about. So we're just going to do that right now. So we'll see you again. Uh, I don't know what, in four minutes and 40... Toby. Toby. That's, that's some long news. <laughs> okay. Get ready for some Unity chat. Let's go. This week in gaming news, Starfield hype, Unity meltdown, E3 is dead, long live E4, and some extra tasty gaming bites. Starfield hype. This week marked the launch of Todd, It Just Works Howard, and Bethesda's shiny new RPG, Starfield. Starfield went supernova, instantly becoming the biggest Bethesda launch of all time, and since its release it has hoarded over 6 million players, with over a million concurrent players, shooting it into the stratosphere when counting over all platforms. With official mod support coming next year, PC players have had the hardest time since release, with Intel and Nvidia systems copping the brunt of the issues. Todd Howard's response for people with PCs? You might need to upgrade your PC. Unity no longer for the gamer. Unity, the game engine behind Rust, Hollow Knight and Pokemon Go, and the controversial creative AI Unity Muse and Unity Centus, has introduced a controversial new fee for developers. Yay! The runtime fee set to take effect in 2024 is a per install fee that will apply to games that reach a previously established annual revenue threshold and a lifetime install count. Indie developers are concerned that this new policy will kill smaller games, with a new system severely affecting their bottom line and leading devs of free-to-play games questioning if they'd end up owing hundreds of thousands of dollars or more under the new system. Unity's attempt to provide clarity have so far only fueled devs' frustration and spawned more questions from those with both currently active and in-development games using the engine. This has led to warnings from industry professionals such as creative director at Necrosoft Games Brandon Sheffield, stating in an op-ed for Insert Credit, But now I can say unequivocally, if you're starting a new game project, do not use Unity. And if you started a project four months ago, it's worth switching to something else. Unity is quite simply not a company to be trusted. After a grouping on the evening of September 12, Unity clarified their previous statement, claiming that they will only be charging for the initial installation of the game, reversing their previous stance that multiple charges will be made for reinstalls. Unity also stated that the fee will now only apply to monetized titles, and that charity games and bundles are exempt. However, the announcement has raised further questions about the impact on the free-to-play genre, as well as demo installs. Further, concerns remain about how installs will be tracked, with the potential for abuse by bad actors and devs concerned about the need to implement third-party DRM or digital rights management into their games. E3 is dead, long live E4? 
with the earlier announcement this week that PAX organizer Reed Pop and E3 had cut ties, it may come as unsurprising news that E3 2024 is in doubt. The Entertainment Software Association, or ESA, who runs E3, have also informed the long-standing home of E3, the LA Convention Center, they will not be there in 2024. However, according to news site GameIndustry.biz, they are working on a complete reinvention of the E3 show for 2025. We live in hope. And now for some gaming bites. About to load up Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty DLC? Best check your system with lead scene programmer CD Projekt Red's Philip Persinski, imploring gamers via tweet to check system stability and to please check conditions of your cooling system in PC. And feeling old? Well, Steam just turned 20 on the 12th of September, and 25-year-old fan site Atari Age has been acquired by Atari. And now for some upcoming games. Friday, September 15, Baby Shark Sink and Swim Party comes to PC, PlayStation, Xbox and Switch, and tech-themed 3D platformer Botty Biteland Overclocked comes to PC. Tuesday, September 19, start your week with an open-world high-fantasy strategy RPG in Dragon Air Silent Gods coming to PC, or race to your parking space in You Suck at Parking coming to PS4 and Switch. Can you become a real boy in the Pinocchio Souls-like Lies of P coming to PC, Xbox and PlayStation? And lastly for Tuesday, Mortal Kombat 1 comes to PC, PS5, Xbox Series X and Switch. Wednesday, September 20, kick Animal Butt in the brawler slash party game Party Animals coming to PC and Xbox, and put the shooting or spell slinging in the S of FPS in the dark fantasy roguelite shooter Witchfire coming to PC. And finally, Thursday, September 21st, brings free-to-play medieval warfare PvP Warhaven to PC. Want to release your inner Adams Family thing within to defeat some feet? Then play Super Adventure Hand coming to PC and Switch. And to finish, Payday 3 is coming to PC and next-gen consoles. And that's all this week in gaming news. That was a significant amount of news there, Toby. Thank you for that. Uh, yes, the big news of the week has been Unity trying to... Um, destroy their entire business model for short-term games yes. um which actually i would say probably on the whole most people around me are already sick of talking about a little oh, bit I'm, yeah <laughs> especially as things just I keep changing want to keep talking about it but at the same time it's just like it's evolving so quickly it's, and it's i so just volatile. get more and yeah. more mad each time yep. and it's just I, I kind of just want to let everything fall into place and then sort of like that come was, in yeah. like it's a crime scene investigation and try and figure yeah. out what happened. There's but a few reactionary things, but also it is just an absolutely terrible business model. I don't yeah. see anyone wanting... Because basically the risk is if you do do well, depending on your business model, it might be worse for you to do well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is not a not a great model for people. Yeah, and I yep. I do I do want to be clear to people that there are alternatives. There are other game engines. Um, mm -hmm. Click and play, Game Maker, Game Maker. I know quite uh, a few people have made the Unreal's switch to way. Unreal. Yeah. Oh, okay. talking about things that are modern. God, you people. <laughs> I mean, I guess Game Maker's still modern. I guess there's still some things about there. Anyway, Click and Play was my original. Oh, so good. So happy That's times. Right. We'll all switch over to PowerPoint. Ooh, oh, yeah, yeah. now that's a blast from the past. Yeah, that was the first en engine I technically ever made a game first with. First horror game I ever played was what a What kind of game was that? It was a horror game. Okay, good. glad we <laughs> clarified that. <laughs> <laughs> the very first horror game was a PowerPoint game, and it scared me. 
Oh. Your own game scared you. No, no, no. The very first horror game I ever played. Oh, played. played, 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 played. I didn't even know that, like, games... I- I assume, I assume it was a thing that was a jump scary thing. And the next, oh, it was a bit ne- of a jump scary yeah, thing, but there was a lot of suspense up to uh, it. Good, yeah. really good use of clip click, art. Click forward, click forward, click forward. Oh no, a scary girl face with a screaming sound. Ah! I'll have you know, it was a poorly drawn demon face that was drawn in MS Paint. Those are the scariest. Yeah, I was Stone, so that's yeah. definitely scary. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Unity, Down that's a long Unity. cliff to be waiting for them to fall to the bottom on. They, they've been pushing their luck for a while, but it wasn't really enough to start turning, because so many people, their yep. entire investment base, their skill set is all in Unity. It's like, they're not going to change unless they're real. But now... You've done you, it. You've given people enough motivation. Uh, now they're yeah. fed up. Yep. Well, there's also just there's a lack of trust. Yeah. yeah. Um, they did it in a very bad way. I don't know what the good way would have been, it's but like, not this. I know that, like, I'm pretty sure they clarify... They clari- I'm putting that in quotation <laughs> marks. That, like, it would come it'll take it was the new contract you're describing it about as well as they do every time they clarify um (laughs) it would come into like would take into take into effect at the end of the year and it's like mm. well cult of the lamb said they were deleting cult of the lamb on january 1st that was a joke But yeah, yeah. Depending on what happens, those things may not be jokes in the long. It'll be interesting and to this, see. Mm. This keeps going back to my point about games preservation and yep. how easy it is for it to be taken away. Oh yeah, ah, we, we're great at stealing stuff. You go to archive.org. Oh, so many, so much stuff. It's great. <laughs> good, good work. Good work. Licensing, like it makes sense, I guess, from a developer and publisher point of view but in the end for consumers and historical record keeping and things it's just absolutely horrible there's so many games i wish i could play again yep what what, what can't you play we'll get you i'll let you play it tomorrow i don't even remember what, do it, it. what it's called because yeah. i played it before i could read oh well, it, may, it may just be a false memory like a berenstein's bear situation oh i don't think so this one was pretty yeah. <laughs> well the, the, the biggest <laughs> one was just um games that have hardware limitations of like i really would like to play steel battalion again but i don't have the now incredibly rare big mech controller for the, the original xbox yes yep. that would be a um, little bit of and without obstacle. it why are you playing that game that's yeah. that's why that game exists so yeah trying to play that game with a normal controller was nightmarish i'm now going to google steel battalion you said steel battalion, battalion. It, it was a it was a game um oh. it was like a it mech was simulator Capcom, was it? Oh, I s- basically microsoft wanted them to make games that said uh, as long as that you, you can also just make can... whatever you want that's insane. What? This yeah. is crazy. This yeah. was like something that aviators would use. Yeah. Like, f- yeah, yeah. Freaking pilots. That's pretty much what they were going I after. Think, I think it was, I think there was foot pedals and then the whole deck around you that a lot of it was dedicated to communication in game, mm-hmm. but you know, multiple sticks and buttons to do stuff. I only got to play it at a, um, a museum. Apparently it was happening at the museum years ago. They mm. had a game uh, thing and they had it there playable. And it was it was actually really fun and really oh, that's good. Re- that's really but fun. Yeah, trying to play it with a controller was nightmarish because you'd have to hold it in a weird certain way just to try and actually get it to move. Oh, yeah, it was not no, it, not yeah, the greatest. It's a re- reason it came with a two hundred dollar controller. Yeah, um, which really, with the size of it, it, was quite a bargain. But yeah, it was part of Microsoft trying to attract Japanese talent to make stuff for the Xbox. Yep. Anyway, enough of the olden times. This is Zed Games. And joining me are my very good friend Zara. Hello. And Peter. Hello. We're uh, his very good friends. Aww. Oh. Aww. Toby, can you isolate that for us, please? Yep. Uh, Thank please, you. Toby. I'm a very, very can lonely man. Can I get that man. on the soundboard, please? <laughs> Speaking of soundboards. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
Hey! I'm gonna shoot some things and jump around in a very fun review. Maybe I don't know. Please listen and find out. Stay friends. Tuned. Very good friends of mine. Uh, that's right. Uh, tonight I am going to be reviewing um, Gumbrella. Um, so, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Gunbrella is the um, is the new song game by Doinksoft and published by Devolver Digital. It uh, has you see your character has a gun, but it's also an umbrella. No, never been done before. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll lay off on that soon. <laughs> so yeah, um, side-scrolling pixel art. Um, most it's an interesting game uh, because it's almost entirely focused on the aforementioned Gumbrella. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a shotgun, which also is uh, pops open as an umbrella, which you can use as a shield. You can also nice. ram things, and Very you can cool. also launch yourself into the air and float down like Mary Poppins. Of course. Uh, you are sort of a bit of a Western character. Your, uh, your family has been... Well, your wife has been murdered and your <gasps> child stolen, and you're no. out to rescue your child and get vengeance for your murdered wife, which sends you on a bloody rampage. And while it's pixel art and quite funny, uh, it does get a bit gruesome at certain points. There's a lot okay. of blood splattering around and Ooh. sometimes some story beats, which, um, yeah, you, you straight up do murder some people. Uh, so not for little kids, but also it is still pretty accessible for anyone into a bit of a horror uh, fantasy in a post-apocalyptic slightly western sci-fi world where you have a gumbrella that's so many words Paul yeah I like stringing them together fast (laughs) so (laughs) really the great joy of the game is the movement so the gumbrella lets you I have to say that word so many times when you talk about this game (laughs) Um, you know yeah um, so basically it acts like as a dash that you can do anywhere so if you jump off a wall you can dash as soon as you touch ground again you can dash again so it means at all time you have quite a long dash which means when you're fighting a boss especially the first boss of the game because the the levels are actually kind of easy because mm-hmm. if you drop down beside someone and shoot them in the back with a shotgun that's normally the entire fight so then yeah. you get up to a big monstrous boss and wow shooting them with a shotgun didn't seem to end anything and they uh, sure are hitting me a lot and I don't have any oh wait I've got a umbrella that can launch me into the air and I can get to the other side of the arena in half a second and yeah so uh you uh, yes, you do have to use the full extent of it once, especially in the boss fights. Yeah, and that's probably this is kind of only the the only downfall of the game is the pacing is incredibly weird. Uh, you start the game as I say, it's it's fun to navigate. It's it feels really nice to move. You're fighting. It's all satisfying. Get to the first boss. For me, bit of a bit of a spike in difficulty, but that's all right. That's pretty normal. Yeah, I don't know. it took me a few goes. Get through it. Cool. It's a cool boss. About, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes later, I'm hitting another boss that's cool and impressive and all that. And then uh, the boss has kind of disappeared for a long time. What do you oh. mean disappeared? Well, like, even, even I would, you get to later in the game, there are some, like, long-term um, antagonists that will just, like, get killed when you, like, in story when you get up to them. There's no fight. I'm like, oh. Um, oh. I kind of thought I'd fight that person later in the game, but oh well, I guess not. Mm. Uh, it's not a huge deal, but it is like, it's weirdly stacked at the beginning and then also at the end, obviously, because mm. they've got a big finale. Uh, yeah, uh, the game just is, it's not linear. You literally do go along a train line for most of it, uh, <laughs> but you can go back and forth on the train line. You're just sort of mission-based, but it's a linear story. Mm-hmm. But interestingly, it does have choice in it. And whilst I have absolutely no doubt that every choice basically takes you the same way it will change some of the characters who exist and what perks you can get and things like that 
and some of them i really do want to replay the game which i haven't done because it is about 10 hours long um because i think there might be a couple of sections that can only exist if you make one choice or the other because the story would go there and without saying anything about the ending uh, for something that's kind of just a standard sort of revenge tale with kind of a standard revenge ending, uh, the actual sort of there's a coda to it, which I thought was actually really, really clever and kind of touching in many ways and sort of gave a little bit more weight to the world, which was a bit throwaway on the whole. But I do like the characters mm. and it's, yeah, it's a very well thought out, fun world to explore. It feels really good. It does one of my favorite things and not giving the nature of it, but during part through through the game, there is a transition state. So it changes the nature of all the places you've previously been. Ooh. I love games that do that, whether for you know an event happening or a time skip or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, yeah, it means it's like familiar places that are now different, and I always like that. The world changing um, is always a good aspect. Yeah, it feels it, good. And I didn't really know... Like I said, it was about... It's like eight, ten hours. I didn't quite get the exact time um, on my copy. But I didn't really know where it was going to go. Yeah eventually i said okay well obviously it's the story's going to end there but i've gone on some side paths and where and i thought it was going to be like you just go along the train line and that's the whole game and no yeah. no it's got yeah. a lot more in there um yeah oh and actually this is the other big caveat you um the gumbrella is awesome uh but you do get ammo for other things but it's rare and quite expensive okay. so by the end of the game where i suddenly had like all this other ammo the gumbrella is great so it's kind of pointless. Yeah. I'd just like get grenades and I'd sell them for the money to upgrade my Gumbrella. Mm. The Gumbrella is just yeah. too good. Yeah, it is. It is kind of like everything else sort of falls by the wayside. They don't give you a reason to really explore mm. that other stuff. Yeah. Um, so it kind of didn't even need to be there if you want to experiment a bit more. But also because swapping weapons, there's not a pause wheel or anything. So oh. swapping weapons in combat is not... That um, can be very fiddly. Yeah, especially yeah. if it's a, it's a bit sort of fast-paced yeah, one yeah, yeah it's very fast i kind of think speedrunners will do very well in this game because if you get the whole dashing shooting slot on gumbrella and going you can get a really good flow going in the game mm. so good yes, flow uh, is nice that's gumbrella it's available today uh on pc and switch nice. uh, uh published by devolver digital and i played code provided by the publisher uh and one more that is of course gumbrella <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just imagining <laughs> Every time Hey! I had the slightly uh, longer clip that I decided against the I just thought it would take too long every time I did yeah, it Yeah, if you did it every time yeah, that yeah, would yeah, be yeah. a little But I'm glad that you had that just so then we can we can fill that in in our heads Yeah, 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 yeah I don't know what that clips from but you know it's really <laughs> really <laughs> <worth it. laughs> welcome to Z games i'm your host paul and joining me today is zara peter zara peter zara peter yeah. zara peter yeah you can I like this i've i've done a cronenbergish style fly experiment and merged you together into one single i feel like we'll become a person of average height probably we could I've recently been watching Star Trek Lower Decks and they've just done a whole episode about Tuvix. Oh, mm. yes! So, so as much as you're monster, I prefer to be Tuvixed instead. Yeah, okay. I do. Um, <laughs> I, I did enjoy that. We well, can't go on a Star Trek uh, segue. It is no, too dangerous. Uh, yeah. <laughs> only, good only good modern Star Trek is Lower Decks. Ooh, <laughs> there is a new game that's like that, though. 
that uh, I will talk about next time. Ooh. Oh, oh. Yeah, it's kind of combining Warhammer 40k and Star Trek. Oh, yeah. So there's a lot more fascism. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. <laughs> okay. Before we get too derailed by fascism, it's time for, of course. I don't do this. Sing it intro. to us, Yeah. This is Paul's thing. I'm I don't. You in. Oh no. Let's go with Fernflower. Developed by... Who's it developed by, Zara? <laughs> Fernflower <laughs> is a beautiful stylized 2D platformer. <laughs> you didn't say it. <laughs> no. Um, it's a beautiful... I don't know how to pronounce it. And we... I don't want to. Um, it's a beautiful stylized 2D platformer where you hop up a mountain collecting fern flowers, mystical plants that are supposed to grant you good fortune. And I'm reviewing it now because it is a wonderful mobile game that is easy to learn with very simple controls, but tricky to master. And if you ever enjoyed games like Ice Climber or Flappy Bird, then may I suggest checking out Fernflower for a beautiful spin on a pretty simple concept. Doodle Jump. Or Doodle Jump. Thank you. Thank you. Climb as high as you can and collect as much as you can along the way. You'll start out at the base of a mountain and simply by tapping the left or right side of your screen, you'll hop up in that direction. You'll need to hop left and right to ascend, and you must keep moving. Tapping for longer will allow you to hop a bit higher. You'll come across little collectibles and fern flowers, of course. Hop onto them, pick them up, and hold onto them for some upgrades. One upgrade is a jump start, where for a smallish cost, you can get a head start on your climb, launching up effortlessly for a boost. The other is a magnet to make it easier to collect your collectibles. In time, you can unlock other characters, each with their own bonuses and features that can make your climb easier. It's pretty simple, and it is beautiful, but it's also rather challenging. The mountain changes shape often, bringing you thin pathways to hop your way through, or wide gaps that need some strategic hops to get the right arch to get across. Snow and ice will slow you down, and strong gusts or, gusts of wind will blow you right off the mountain. You'll have to learn to navigate these challenges. Between the art style, how meditative it is, and the references to Slavic mythology, as well as the relaxing and tranquil music, it is a soothing experience. And I find myself entering that flow state that allows me to zip up the mountain. That is, until I fall, because I botched a jump, but that's okay. I can climb that higher, I can climb that high again, and it is possible to use some of your collectibles to simply continue where you left off. Just make sure you don't immediately make the same mistake. Um, I, I did. That's, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I, I use the thing to just like yeah, go for my last jump, and then I just miss the jump again. Yeah, it's like the exact same thing. I'm just like, oh, yeah. it was I the got, gusts of wind. The gusts of wind were they're, tricky. They're the worst parts. Yeah, so so I um I because I I always like to make sure I kind of know what everyone's talking about. So I downloaded the game, which I couldn't. Yes. So on my Android phone, uh, it said it didn't. Com- it wasn't compatible with my any of my Android phones, either la- last generation or this. Oh. Um, but it's I don't know why, because I went and just grabbed the APK and it installs fine and plays fine. Oh, uh, so okay. I, I kind of think it's because I haven't updated it since t- uh, 2019. So oh, wow. I think they might just need to tick a tick box for compatibility or something. Yeah, like yeah. There. For the new and generation. I downloaded this game uh, a year or two ago, so it's just kind of been certainly would keep work. And as I say, I installed it today. Only thing I was, I, I always hate the, when you hit the monetization of, oh, oh yeah, I'll, I'll just. Go, oh no! I've hit the watch an ad option. Mm. Uh, just let me pay you a dollar. Okay, give you a dollar. Give you two bucks. Yep. The, ga- the game is quite nice and sweet. Yeah, I thought. yeah, it is quite nice. It's a nice little game. It's a nice little game. Whoop whoop. Nice little game. Yes. Good. 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 <laughs> <laughs> 
I forgot that uh, that's so there's a silence after the outro. Yeah. <laughs> you do whatever you <laughs> We're very official already. So you're listening to Z Games, is that it? You're listening to Z Games. You're listening to Z Games. Hello, you're listening to Z Games. 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 Perfect. Perfect. Thank you. Here we are on the Serious gaming show, Zed Games. Yes. I um, have prepared another review. No way. Three reviews! Three? Three reviews! What is this? I'm going to mention I have film qualifications. Okay, go, 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 go. So now for our third review of the evening, I'm going to be talking about It's a Wrap! Oh! Yes. By, what, Chonko Soft or something? Chanko. Chanko Studios. Sorry, I don't know I got Chonko in my brains. Anyway, this is a puzzle game. Uh, and it is a puzzle game that I really, really like the concept of. It is based in the world of film, which is something I, weirdly enough, is bigger for me than games. And games is pretty crazy. <laughs> so, uh, in this, you are on set making films. And the main mechanics of the game is solving puzzles by basically playing with a timeline. It looks kind of like a video editor. Where you had a script at the beginning of a level and says, okay, you run along and a boulder comes down and chases you down the corridor and then at the last second you jump. And on that timeline you have different elements like the boulder and and when the roof collapses and stuff like that. So you're lining up all the effects. Mm -hmm. So And as the gaming changes, there's different kind of effects. So there might be things that loop and things that are set in place and explosions, all sorts of things. So you you have to work out the timeline to make it work. But it's not just a static puzzle game where you've got to work out the timing it's also a platformer so once you've set up the timing of the scene you say action and you as your little mario style man runs through the level and has to actually perform the task as the script said to get to the end of the level uh so you'll you know you run along and go wait if that wall's fallen down already i can't jump over that so we're gonna cut and i'm gonna go back and move those elements okay now i can get through it so sometimes it's a matter of you got to work out the the pattern, and sometimes it's a matter of pure execution. Mm. Uh, but the levels aren't particularly long, so that's not a big drag or anything. In fact, everything other than actually playing through a level, which you have to do in real time, and you can't reverse or anything, because the whole conceit is you're a stuntman and you've got to perform the level as a one one go. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, everything else is really, really like just cares about your time. Every cutscene of which is quite a lot because it's sort of a cheeky story. You just you can well, there's a button to skip. There's also a fast forward button. Ooh, that's uh, fun. In fact, everything nice. you can sort of fast forward and the scanning through. Uh, and if you think you've got like a theory of how to beat a level, you can save that state and then try something else in case. And then, oh, no, wait, I'm going to go back to what I did before. So you don't have to like redo all the work you previously did. It's quite a thoughtful game in that way. It, it has quite a lot of features. Uh, it also has quite a lot of accessibility features for like colorblindness and uh, I think dyslexic fonts and stuff like that. That's awesome. So for a small studio, small game, it's, it's pretty cool. So... You basically go through three main movies and each of those has 12 or so levels in them. Uh, the early ones, you know, take you a minute to beat and later on it becomes way more complex as you go through. It actually has a lot of um, a variety as well because you're not always just the little man. Sometimes you might be driving a vehicle or something. Oh, so okay. it's all the same basic mechanics and concepts, but every level they add in something new. Um, and cool. uh, help-wise, they've got a hint system in it. And you can spend your hint coins on, you can either choose one of the elements 
uh, well, you could choose all of them if you want to spend all your points, but you know, to lock it in its actual position where it's supposed to be, so it sort of cuts down the amount of um, variations you could have. Yeah. But also, you can spend it on the script to be more detailed. Oh! So depending on how okay. you want to attack a puzzle, if you are struggling with it, maybe you just need the thing of like, oh, and then he jumps off the tank. I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to get on the tank. Oh, and... Yeah, without actually telling you what the solution to the puzzle is, just giving you that direction of what you're supposed to work out. Yeah, that little bit of extra bit of information. Yeah, definitely would. And it's a very clever little game. Uh, I found it pretty fun to play, uh, and uh, it's available Switch and PC. Mm-hmm. And I can't play my Ella button again. <laughs> oh, I was thinking about it. Yeah, uh, oh, I was going to him in there. Yeah, it's just a tight little package. It's because it's a puzzle game, and it's really, really varied on some levels for me. Some of the tougher levels I'd understand immediately. Yeah, yeah. So and others are like... about, I'd say probably around the five hour markish. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was really fun, and it's a really unique little game uh, with sort of the the art kind of reminds me of like WarioWare, but um, but less crass. <laughs> That I've seen, I have seen some clips of the game. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a wrap, and I yes, that feels correct. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. Sells its concept, gets out of your way. I think that is another. It's a pretty good game, huh? Would you say it's a wrap? Yeah, yeah no, I wouldn't say that because I'm not a hack. Um, Boom. <laughs> and ouch. We all know I'm a hack. Anyway, <laughs> um, I think it's time for. Another review! More reviews! More reviews in an episode? Has it ever been done? I don't know. Maybe. How are we going to beat this? I don't know. Five reviews? Hey, another review. Tired of the hustle and bustle? Yes. Over the nine to five? Fed up with a relentless grind? Might I recommend fishing? <gasps> fishing and Life, or Fishing Life, is a mobile game about fishing and life, I suppose, if fishing is your life. It's a 2D side scroller where you can putter out in your t- little tinny, cast your line, and hopefully get a bite. The game is all stylized and it is quite pretty with a day and night cycle that you can observe. Quite simply, you can cast your line, watch the fish bite it, and once it's hooked, you can reel it in. It doesn't make you do quick time events or balance a bar in a circle or solve for X. Cast, hook, catch. Except you will have to upgrade your rod, line, and reel. Each fish has a level requirement and it takes a bit of trial trial and error to understand the requirements. But it's as easy as making sure you upgrade your gear as often as possible. Bait, of course, is also important. Whatever fish you catch can be turned into bait, allowing you to catch bigger fish. Some fish don't require bait at all. Some require a bait level of one star, others need two, and so on. And of course, to catch bait worthy of being two stars, you need bait that's worthy at, that's worth at least one star. And if you do manage to chain together catches so you have the right bait for the shark you're trying to catch, you must babysit the bait in line when you catch cast it to avoid some kind of pleb fish from taking that tuna I'm using as bait. It's heartbreaking when your bait is stolen. Fishes will understand. Mm, I'm very sad. You can buy bait, of course, and a number of other tools to match your fishing style. Sinkers, special lures, all sorts of bits and bobs. Have an experiment. It definitely helped when the line could sink more quickly. How do you buy all this stuff, though? With each fish you catch, you can keep it or set it as bait. If you keep it, it goes into the fishing net. After that, you can decide whether you like to sell it or put it in the aquarium for some passive income. Spaces for fish are limited, so you'll have to keep on top of them or buy extra slots. If you put the fish in the aquarium, they will generate income over time. 
They also require being fed, which requires watching an ad. <laughs> I ended up letting the fish stay until they were tired of making money and then sold them. But as you catch rarer species, this becomes a less appealing method of making money. You can also find treasure chests, some of which will give you currency or doodads straight up. And others that require you to watch an ad before you can claim the currency. <laughs> which is fine, except I played this offline. And turns out that once you have an inventory full of chests that you can't redeem or remove, well you can't pick up the chest that can be unlocked without ads. Oh. One unexpected mechanic has been unlocking and catching the boss version of a fish. If you catch enough of a species, you can unlock the opportunity to summon a boss version of that fish, which gives you a limited amount of time to catch. The first one was a shadow imp, which is hilarious. <laughs> Imagine catching 10 snappers, and suddenly a giant demon snapper appears, and you have two minutes to catch it. Otherwise, like Fishing and Life, or Fishing Life, is a pretty relaxing game, but it is a grind. You have to keep catching what you can so you can upgrade your gear so you can catch different types of fish. I stopped finding this cycle enjoyable after a couple of hours, but it's great as a game you can pick up, play a few minutes of, get some rewards, and then put down again. Much like fishing. In real life. Oh. It's a pretty okay game! <laughs> We could start yelling, reviews. We could start yelling review scores like during um during the end bit. Just go, oh, it's 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 a six out of eleven. Great. I think this game is three fish fish hooks out of six. Oh, that is with something. an added bonus it's, demon. Yeah, with, yes. a, with a demon hook being there. For All some. good. Yep. Thank you for joining us on Take Games tonight. Uh, we are going to say goodbye now. So, uh, good night, everyone. Good night. I love you all. Thanks for listening to Zed Games. If you'd like to listen to more, check out our podcast on Spotify. Or follow us on social media at ZEDGamesAU. See you next time. time.